You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof Radio. A state of high performance. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Today is a special Upgrade Spotlight Edition where I go deep with an innovator or an inventor on something that they actually make. The reason for these episodes, they're short, but I want you to understand the people and the things that are out there that make biohacking happen. And this episode is about something that's really important. So important, there was a Nobel Prize for it in the last... When was that? 1998. 1998, so about 25 years ago. And we're talking about nitric oxide. If you're into bodybuilding, you probably see like, N-O Pump Extreme 2000. This is not that. In fact, that stuff doesn't do anything. And we're going to learn why it doesn't do anything. Uh, And I'm in just the spirit of full disclosure. I've known about nitric oxide for a long time. And I've tried strategies to raise it. And universally, it gave me a bad headache because, as you're going to learn in this interview, there's three different types of nitric oxide in the body, and I tended to always get the one that would give you a headache because of something called peroxynitrite. So when I found something that actually just gave me massive veins, that's my bodybuilder voice, by the way, um, and something that really works uh, for the other things that nitric oxide does, and we're going to get into that later without any sort of scandalous details, Um, I'll just say, wow, this stuff works. And then I found out why it worked. And our guest today is Dr. Nathan Bryan uh, from a company called N101. And he's the preeminent expert in nitric oxide. You'll find out there, innovator in the field, working on it both for pharmaceutical applications as well as stuff that you can put topically, which I've never seen before, uh, as well as lozenges. Dr. Nathan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be with you. I never asked you, should I call you Nathan, Dr. Nathan? I just call you Nathan when I'm at your ranch. Just call me Nathan. All right, just Nathan. All right, good deal. So he's also here in Austin, uh, which by definition makes him um, really, really cool. Just, you know, there you go. That's right. We're done. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And of course, you have, you're like the the type of doctor with uh, all sorts of doctor credentials. I'm just looking at all this stuff. Dozens of patents. You studied biochemistry and um, you did postdoctoral training at the Whitaker Cardiovascular Institute and a bunch of other stuff. And you're the faculty of the University of Texas Health Science Center. So credentialed medical doctor with a ton of training. Okay. Give me the elevator pitch on nitric oxide. What is it and why do we care about it? Well, it's now recognized as one of the most important molecules produced in the body of humans. It's a vasodilator, so it controls the regulation of blood flow. Uh, It's what's responsible for oxygen and nutrient delivery to every organ, tissue, and cell in the body. Well, hold on. Is that what your blood cells did? That's what what? Your blood cells do. Well, it's nitric oxide that controls the delivery of oxygen by the blood cells. So you can't divorce the two. So the red blood cells deliver oxygen but that oxygen delivery is dependent upon nitric oxide being bound to hemoglobin in the red cell. Okay, cool. So it, it's, it, it's very short-lived though, right? It doesn't last a long time. That's been the challenge in really development and innovations over the past 30 years. How do you make a solid dose form of a bioactive gas that's gone in less than a second? Will you indulge me for a second? and imagine who you would be if you actually had more energy 
if your brain fired faster and you could measure it and you had a calmer nervous system that worked better. That's what this show, that's what my work is all about. You can be that person with a few fixes that really work. In my brand new book, Smarter Not Harder, I will teach you about the little things that make the biggest difference in your life so you can be that person. There's a new anti-nutrient that you haven't heard about yet that is weakening everything you do from your workouts to your meditations. You can remove it from your diet and you'll notice a shift quickly. Learn how to get the right amount of exercise for you in the very least amount of time and it's way less than you think. Smarter Not Harder is about simplicity and efficiency so you have more time to work on the things that matter to you. You can use the time to work on yourself or to help other people, but it's time that's yours that you're not using effectively right now. If you want to get your energy back like I did, you want to manage the stress so you can handle anything, maybe even drop the weight, check out Smarter Not Harder wherever you buy books. This is stuff you haven't seen anywhere else. Smarter Not Harder, thank you for your support. It's very short-lived though, right? It doesn't last a long time. That's been the challenge in really development and innovations over the past 30 years. How do you make a solid dose form of a bioactive gas that's gone in less than a second? And that's the riddle that I solved more than 20 years ago. So we were the first people to ever develop a technology that you could make a bioactive gas in a solid dose form. Mm. And for listeners, I've talked about um, hydrogen gas uh, in, in the past, and there's uses for that. Again, similar problem. Yeah. Um, there's also carbon dioxide, which you can breathe. I don't, in fact, that one's easy though. You can just drink carbonated water. And I've talked about how you do that on airplanes, it increases blood oxygenation, at least for me. Uh, but nitric oxide was a really tough one. But here's what everyone says, eat beets. So we've, we've tested every beet product on the market. I have some very sophisticated analytical equipment. We can detect NO gas coming off of it. We can determine if it contains the right amount of substrates or precursors that would even generate nitric oxide. I, and well, any, none of it raises nitric oxide at yeah, all? I would say 99% of the nitric oxide products on the market, and there are hundreds of them, if not thousands, uh, don't do anything in terms of raising nitric oxide levels. So it's beets, <clears throat> and most of the beets are just what we call dead beet products. You know, they don't, the only thing they do is turn your pee and your poop pink and cause a lot of anxiety. But there's no nitric oxide activity. Hey, where's the anxiety from beets coming from? <laughs> Because of, because of the red color? Because of the red color. Oh, okay. They think they have a bleed, right? Either okay. a urinary bleed or a, or a colonic bleed. Uh, but And you say that they're dead. Why do they not have activity? I mean, beets are supposed to raise nitrogen. Well, beets, so it's it's not just something that's unique to beets, right? It's any vegetable that's grown Celery. in the soil. Yeah. Celery. So we assimilate nitrogen in the form of vegetables, provided there's enough nitrate in the soil. But the problem is when you take so you have to consider from the seed that's planted to the soil conditions to the time of harvest and then how you actually make that raw ingredient into a powder. And most of the time, people use high-pressure, high-heat drying processes that basically deplete that product of all the minerals. You get a red powder that has basically depleted of all nutrients, especially water-soluble nutrients. Interesting. Well, does boiling beets cause the same problem because it's heat? There's no pressure. Yeah, so any vegetable that you boil or cook in water, you're basically leaching out all the water-soluble nutrients. So if you're boiling your vegetables, you should probably drink the water in which the vegetables are boiled in, as well as eat the vegetables. And of course, then you'll get all the oxalate from that as well. So like, did I want nitric oxide and kidney stones from oxalic <laughs> acid from drinking the beet water? I, 
it sounds like maybe beets aren't the best way to raise nitric oxide. Beets are not the best way to raise nitric oxide. And that's one of the... What about bacon? Bacon, no, you don't get enough. There's really... Because they, ni- <laughs> they put nitrates in it. <laughs> there's very little residual nitride in cured and processed meats. And I think that's also been the misinformation for the past 50 years on increased incidence of certain cancers due to cured and processed meats being due to the nitrate and nitrite. So that it's myth from, we it's just from built... burning meat. It's not from... Yeah, there's other compounds like heterocyclic amines and other processes that are independent of uh, the nitrate or nitrite. So the beauty of what we've done over the past 20 years is we've basically figured out the best ways to deliver nitric oxide gas. And we can use certain carriers or certain delivery systems. And this is the N101 stuff. And when you say ways to deliver gas, it just looks like this. It's a wafer, right? <clears throat> well, it's a lozenge, and so we put core technology in there. So as that lozenge is dissolving, this matrix falls apart, and we actually generate nitric oxide gas. So this is we we can detect, we can quantify, we can verify nitric oxide coming off of that lozenge. So you can't put nitric oxide in a liquid. You can't put it in a capsule that you swallow, and you damn sure can't put it in any type of gummy. Wow. So actually, how I think I just grew. But how quickly does this head? Is this, <clears throat> well, it, is this it, placebo? Yes. Yeah, so nitric oxide is one of the. So when we deliver it, it's very potent. It's very uh, vasoactive. So meaning, when you put that lozenge in your mouth, and if we had an ultrasound here, we could measure your carotid artery, and we could see that blood vessel dilating. The other process is if you're using food or beets or kale or vegetables, if you will, that process takes 90 minutes, and that whole process is dependent upon the right oral bacteria. It's dependent upon stomach acid production. So most people aren't getting the benefits of eating certain foods or nutrients because, number one, 200 million Americans wake up every day and use mouthwash, killing the oral microbiome. There's another 200 million prescriptions written for antacids every year. That's not even counting the over-the-counter, the Prevacid, the Prilosec, OTC, the Nexium. All of that shuts down stomach acid production, shuts down nitric oxide production. You need stomach acid to make nitric oxide. That's part of the process. That's correct. Okay. Interesting. Our philosophy is if you give the body what it needs, the body heals itself. We just have to figure out what's missing or what's being shut down so that the body can do what it's designed to do. I typically have low blood pressure. And when I do N101, um, I don't experience a drop in blood pressure. There's some things if I vasodilate, I'll get dizzy because I just don't have enough blood. Well, that's one of the beauties of this technology. So nitric oxide is self-regulating. So if you have high blood pressure, you take the lozenge, we can normalize your blood pressure. If you have normal or low blood pressure, it doesn't further reduce the pressure. And that's a very important safety consideration that we basically rolled out, uh, I guess, 15 years ago. But we don't want to drop blood pressure in people with low blood pressure. Right? No, it's, it's not a good thing. Um, something else I want to, to demonstrate, because it's really cool, is um, do you have one of the, the, what do you call it, serum? So it's the N101 serum. So this is a dual-chamber nitric oxide generating serum. So it's very simple. You just take one pump from one side, one pump from the other. I didn't get a full dose here. And so when you mix this together, the chemistry starts. So similar to that lozenge falling apart, well, you mix these components time. together. So you'll see three things here. Maybe you can see it. But you'll see some micro bubbles. That's the nitric oxide gas being produced. Uh, it diffuses into the dermis. It'll dilate these blood vessels and it recruits capillaries. So now we're basically enhancing blood flow wherever you apply this. And when you enhance blood flow, you know, the skin's an organ. Right? It's one of our largest organs. 
And so you can see these veins here that are more prominent. Oh, wow, They're look at that little one that just popped yeah. out. Like, th this is direct biohacking signaling molecule manipulation. And it turns pink. So we're recruiting capillaries and forcing blood flow directly where you apply that. So in terms of aesthetics and beauty, when you restore blood flow to the skin, you improve collagen deposition, you improve hydration, the cells turn over more quickly, so we're mobilizing stem cells and fine lines and wrinkles disappear. So I do this um, before I uh, before I go to bed on my face, but I'm just going to rub I it in too. so people can <laughs> see it. So you see how there's like a big red patch? That's where the tiny little blood vessels that never otherwise would see this much oxygen and blood, where they actually got woken up. So you can do this, and for wound healing especially, like I had a three and a half inch incision all the way down to the joint on my big toe three days ago, and I'm putting N101 on it as part of how I'm making it heal faster. Well, that just goes, I mean, to the principles and kind of the, the, um, the benchmarks we set for nitric oxide products. In anything we bring to market, you can quantify, you can verify, and exactly see that product working right before your mm -hmm. eyes. Uh, okay, let me ask about this, though. So what about nitric oxide precursors? There's L-arginine and there's citrulline. And uh, they're amino acids. Talk me through, are those real? What do they do? What do they not do? The first pathway to be discovered in the nitric oxide signaling cascade was an enzyme that converts arginine to nitric oxide. <clears throat> citrulline is actually a byproduct of nitric oxide. So citrulline is an end product of nitric oxide production. So it's not a precursor at all. Well, it's why do a people take citrulline to increase nitric oxide? You know, there was some evidence, and we published this in 2011, that part of the urea cycle, and it's very complex biochemistry, recycles citrulline and forms arginine, and then arginine kind of shuttles through that. Yeah, but you're, you're at least three steps away, like seven electrons away from nitric oxide from citrulline. So it's very ineffective. So the problem, in, in, and we make enough of these amino acids through normal metabolism. So these are yeah. semi-essential amino acids, meaning that our body produces them and we get it from the breakdown of protein. Just eat a, get a steak and, and in fact, there's 20 times more, even in the sickest of sick people, that are needed to saturate the enzyme to make nitric oxide. Yeah. So citrulline doesn't limit the production. So citrulline is, is there any reason to take citrulline? None. There's no reason to take arginine because the body makes enough of it to saturate the enzyme. And in fact, there's studies out there showing that if you take high-dose arginine, you can actually divert the, the metabolism away from nitric oxide production. You get an increased expression of arginines, and you basically excrete it as urea. And then the other problem is if you have what's called endothelial dysfunction. So if you've had a heart attack or you have peripheral artery disease, and you take high-dose arginine, it actually makes things worse. So it's contraindicated. So we're never limited in the amount of arginine or citrulline. The problem is the body's lost the ability to convert it to nitric oxide. So I tell people, it's like putting gas in a car with a blown up engine, right? You're not out of fuel, your yeah. engine's broken. So there's no reason to take arginine or citrulline. In fact, it can make things worse if you have endothelial dysfunction. I've seen the studies that say arginine is good for you. And there's some anti-aging ones say a couple grams might be good, but there's others that say it's actually harmful. Well, the, look, the, the biochemistry is completely different in a healthy person versus a person with endothelial dysfunction or somebody who has vascular disease. And the, the biochemistry complete is basically opposite. Okay. So there, there is evidence, and I don't dispute that, that in young, healthy, well-trained individuals, if you take L-arginine, you can get a little bit more. It's called the arginine paradox, because okay. the body already has enough arginine to fully saturate the enzyme. So the paradox is, why, when you give more, do you see any nitric oxide being produced? 
But again, there's a just like everything. So that's only in young, healthy people. There's a U-shaped curve. So too little's bad. Too little's bad. Too much is bad. But there's a sweet spot. How many? Per, what percentage of young people are healthy enough to qualify for that to work these days? In today's world, yeah, very little. Okay, so the case for arginine isn't very strong. Not at all. The case for citrulline is non-existent. Not existent. Okay, I've seen some bodybuilders seem like they're getting good results with citrulline. So there's very few products out there that are just arginine or citrulline. They're throwing a lot of minerals and and, and B vitamins and caffeine. I'd take the caffeine out. Caffeine's a vasoconstrictor. I wash my N101 down with Danger Coffee. I don't think I'm going to stop. Well, I wouldn't recommend you stop because, look, there's certain <laughs> benefits. But if you're trying to to achieve a certain threshold, like enhanced performance, for example, yeah, caffeine is a very well-established ergogenic aid. Perceived exertion improves. Athletic performance improves. What we have to do is basically balance these vasoactive substances, right? And when you take nitric oxide, you preserve that balance of vasoactivity. I, I actually think that's, that's real. I notice a, a difference. I don't like how I feel if I don't have coffee. Even if I go for two weeks and there's no physiological, coffee is actually something that makes life better. And I agree. I can't just, go without my morning coffee. Okay, got it. Uh, and if I was going to go do some extreme exercise thing, which I'm not because I'm into anti-aging, <laughs> I, uh, um, would I want to do a cup of coffee and an N101? Or would I skip the coffee or skip the N101? No, I think you'd... Look, there's different mechanisms that are very well established for both. Okay. And I think I'm not a fan of any extreme, right? I think okay. we have to do... We have to recapitulate physiology. So there's bona fide benefits of caffeine in terms of performance and perceived exertion and ergonomic aid or ergogenic aid. And then there's well-established benefits of nitric oxide. So it's not just improving blood flow and oxygen delivery, but it's improving mitochondrial function. And so the mitochondria are what's producing the cellular energy that allows you to go for a hike or go okay. for a walk. So, so N101 is improving not just the lining of the, the arteries, the endothelium. It's improving mitochondrial function as well because of the signaling. That's right. Okay. And it's mobilizing stem cells. It's reducing inflammation. So every aspect that we know about aging and quality of life all are controlled by nitric oxide. So there's three main ones, right? There's stem cell function. Nitric oxide is what controls and regulates stem cell function. There's the telomeres, the end of the chromosomes. The shorter the telomeres, the shorter the lifespan. Nitric oxide is what controls telomerase activity and prevents the shortening of telomeres. And then the other is mitochondrial function. Every single age-related chronic disease is characterized by mitochondrial dysfunction. Lower numbers and lower activity. So nitric oxide has been shown to improve mitochondrial biogenesis as well as mitochondrial ATP production. We improve the efficiency of mitochondria. Okay, so there's a pretty strong anti-aging case. There's this pretty strong performance-enhancing case. What about nootropic functions, making your brain work better? Well, if we followed the work of Dr. Daniel Amen. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. 
You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Hey guys, you've probably read my new book, Smarter Not Harder, and if not, you're totally doing it the hard way because there is a single chapter in the book on the vitamins and the supplements that do the most good across every system in your body. I go deep on how D, A, K, and E work together. That's why I've created something called Vitamin Dake. They're not like the normal anti-aging, amazing things that I love to talk about on the show. They're not sexy nootropics. These are the things that allow every other system in your body to work better. So every ounce of work you do, you can get better returns if your vitamin Dake levels are high and if you get Minerals 101, the other supplement. And best of all, vitamin Dake at normal doses costs less than $20 a month and you're getting the right amounts of vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin K2, and vitamin E. So go to vitamindake.com, use code DAVE10. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. So there's a pretty strong anti-aging case. There's this pretty strong performance-enhancing case. What about nootropic functions, making your brain work better? Well, if we followed the work of Dr. Daniel Amen and... Absolutely, I'm on his board of directors. <laughs> neurological function is controlled by cerebral blood flow. Mm-hmm. So and what he's been able to show through spec scans is every neurological disease is characterized by decreased blood flow to a certain region of the brain. Mm-hmm. So if you can dilate the blood vessels of the brain, improve oxygen nutrient delivery to certain ischemic or hypoxic regions of the brain, you can recover neurological function. It's foundational for anything we do. And in the world of biohacking, which obviously you're the pioneer and, and father in this, is that what are we trying to accomplish through biohacking? It's basically to optimize our systems. Well, nitric oxide is foundational for optimizing everything we're doing. Why do you eat certain diets? Why do you exercise? Why do you take certain things? Well, at least biochemically for me, we're trying to improve nitric oxide. But if your body's lost the ability to make nitric oxide, then you're not going to get the benefits in the so-called biohack. So if your body can't make nitric oxide, we do it for you. And that's the basis. All right. Can we get a little bit nerdy about nitric oxide types? Okay. I became, uh, I'd say, really interested in nitric oxide maybe 15 years ago. Uh, and I went really deep on it. I tried all the different things available at the time to increase my levels. And what I determined was that there's these three different genes. There's NOS1, NOS2, and NOS3. So these determine like your likely nitric oxide production. But what I found was that I was getting levels of peroxynitrite. So when you take nitric oxide products, whether it was a gut bacteria thing, I don't know why it was, I was getting really unpleasant, like pro-oxidative symptoms. So can you talk to me about what happens with neural NOS versus endothelial NOS versus inducible NOS? Because I think people need to know. No, it's, look, it's very important, but it's, it's also a very complex science. So these are called isoforms. There's three different isoforms of the nitric oxide synthase enzyme. So years ago, probably 25 years ago, we referred to them as NOS, inducible NOS, and ENOS. Now they're called NOS1 for NOS, NOS2 for INOS, and NOS3 for ENOS. Because now you can find ENOS expressed 
in places other than endothelial cells. <laughs> they you can they have, first noticed it in the endothelium. Okay. <laughs> and the, now you can see NOS, the NOS isoform expressed outside of neurons. But the difference is the ENOS and NNOS are what's called constitutively expressed. So they're very well controlled. They're calcium regulating. And those generate nitric oxide upon demand. Those are the good ones. Those are the good ones. So for neurotransmission, for, for phasodilation. The INOS is what's called inducible. So when we get an injury or we get an infection, and this was very apparent for the past three years in COVID, it's called the cytokine, cytokine storm. Mm -hmm. Four hours after you start this inflammatory cascade and the upregulation of cytokines, you get induction of the INOS enzyme. So it's not constitutively expressed. It's only upregulated and expressed wow. upon activation. And, and this is what makes you feel like crap because peroxynitrite it is not a good thing. But what turns off peroxynitrite? Well, peroxynitrite is a byproduct of NO reacting with superoxide. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, and the best example is taking high-dose arginine when you have an upregulation of INOS. So now, if that enzyme is uncoupled, you're generating a lot of superoxide instead of nitric oxide. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a lot of oxidative stress and a lot of nitrosative stress, which in an acute environment is, is actually beneficial because that's what kills the bacteria, it prevents yeah. virus from replicating. Problem is when it's upregulated and you have chronic inflammation, and then you're priming this enzyme and priming this superoxide nitric oxide interaction and causing a lot of undue damage. So you get tyrosine nitration, uh, you get a lot of oxidative stress, nitrosative stress. So the the problem is, or really the solution is, how do we control and regulate nitric oxide production while suppressing this chronic overexpression of INOS? And I believe we were the first to publish on that. I believe in 2004 where we show that if you have chronic INOS overexpression, it shuts down the constitutive isoform. Oh, so then it causes damage to your That's arteries. That's right. You develop, it shuts down NNOS and it shuts down ENOS. So chronically inflamed people, although they have overexpression of nitric oxide, for instance, in ulcerative colitis or inflammatory bowel okay. disease, they're producing a lot of nitric oxide in the lining of the, the gut, but yet the blood vessel nitric oxide and the neuronal NOS is completely shut down. There's a feedback inhibition okay. that's leading to the suppression of that. So if I was one of those people who's chronically inflamed and I take N101, I'm increasing nitric oxide. Is that going to be a good thing? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a very good question. So what we do is completely different. We do two things. If your body can't make nitric oxide through ENOS or NNOS, then we provide it for you. But it's also dose dependent. So we did this 20 years ago through radio-labeled isotopes. We know exactly how much nitric oxide a healthy person would make in 24 hours. So what we do in any technology that we bring to market, we want to recapitulate what normally occurs. So we want to deliver the same amount of nitric oxide that our body would normally see, okay. not the whopping doses through INOS. So, and then number two, we recouple that. So there's, there's and that's what's complicated in the science is there's a particular, uh, what's called a redox potential, an electron oxid or reduction oxidation potential. So it's the voltage at which is necessary to extract an electron from a biomolecule. And the rate-limiting step in nitric oxide production is the oxidation of BH4. So we preserve the reduction of BH4. What is BH4? It's tetrahydrobiopterin. It's an important cofactor for nitric oxide production. If you've got an uncoupled NOS and you have endothelial dysfunction, then that lozenge is recoupling the NOS, so you're suppressing superoxide production, you're enhancing nitric oxide production, and you're bypassing that entire proxy nitrite. Interesting. So is there a case for if you're chronically ill, you take your N101, and then you'd huff on some hydrogen gas, and that, that might help you to balance even more quickly? Well, I think, look, nitric oxide is foundational, right? It's critically important, but it's not the end-all, be-all, cure-all.
right? You have to restore the production. And basically, my whole philosophy is people get sick for two reasons, two reasons only. The body's missing something that it needs or it's exposed to something that it doesn't need. So if you remove yourself from exposure to toxins, you take good nutrition and replete nutrients, then the body is regenerative by nature and it's self-healing. So hydrogen is one of these interesting molecules that goes into a cell unmodified and comes out. There's still some question in science of what's the mechanism, right? How is hydrogen modulating all these biochemical reactions when it goes in as H2, comes out as H2? What's it doing? Uh, but the, the benefits, the therapeutic benefits of hydrogen are pretty well established. Yeah, and the same, right. similar with hydrogen sulfide, you know, another important uh, biological gas. That's the uh, stuff that smells like rotten eggs. It does, yeah. That so stuff is poisonous. Like it shuts down mitochondria the same as cyanide does. But our okay. body makes it. So 30 years ago, people thought the same about nitric oxide. Oh, that it was poisonous. Because right? on, on my nitric oxide gas cylinder, where I calibrate my machines, it's got a skull and crossbows on it, and it says poison. Mm, it's true. If you breathe so it's, pure, it'll yeah, it's dose dependent. You. So same thing with hydrogen sulfide. It's dose dependent. Probably the same thing with well anything, right? If we drink too much water, we're mm. going to oversaturate cells, and people die from that. So there's a dose-dependent effect of everything. And what we do with nitric oxide is we dial in what the human body would normally make. What's the upper limit for how many N101s I can take? We recommend one twice a day because it's very difficult, if not impossible, to ascribe a one-size-fits-all, right? Your objectives are completely different from, you know, Susie Homemaker. So the metabolic <laughs> demands on what your body needs are much different than somebody else. When I take N101, it is improving um, blood flow in the brain, and I think my brain likes that. Well, no, we can actually measure that. So we can do that through spec scans, through yep. Daniel Amen. We can do it through functional MRI. You can actually do it just measuring uh, the blood vessel diameter with the ultrasound. You know, we have a number of different kind of techniques we use to measure the efficacy of these products. Mm -hmm. The serum is very simple, right? You can actually see that product working on your skin. The yeah. lozenge, whether we use ultrasound, whether we use thermography, whether we're measuring blood pressure before and after, uh, spec scans, functional MRI, this product works in every single modality that we use as an endpoint. Wow. So there's no questioning it's working. Now, as a single guy, talk to me about the, the, beneficial, the beneficial interaction of Viagra, Cialis, and N101. And should you mix them? Should you not mix them? Walk me through that. So these drugs like Viagra and Cialis, and Levitra, these are called phosphodiesterase inhibitors. These compounds inhibit an enzyme that breaks down a second messenger that's activated by nitric oxide. Now that was a mouthful, but the whole point of that, me saying that was, these drugs are obviously very effective. Uh, they've been on the market for, I guess, probably 15 years now, but they only work in about 50% of the men in which they're prescribed. Oh, really? So the clinical data on treating men with erectile dysfunction or even symptoms of BPH, which is benign prostate hypertrophy. 50% of the men don't respond. And why is that? Because the, the function of these drugs are dependent upon nitric oxide production. Oh, they can't produce that. So if, you, if your body can't make nitric oxide, then you don't get a response from Cialis or Viagra. So the 50% of people where it doesn't work, if they took one of those, uh, like Viagra, let's say, and then they did an N101, they would have That's right. both now sides we can, of it. Now we can take non-responders and make them responders. Holy crap. And you can actually titrate down the drugs of these. So you can get much better effects. So the safety profile is much better of 2.5 milligrams of Cialis than 40 milligrams of Viagra, right? You see the wow. side effects from these commercials, the headaches, priapism you know, the four-hour erection. You know, we've had a number of physicians, urologists, and cardiologists actually start to wean people off prescription medications because the whole concept of, 
um, you know, restorative physiology is if you can get biochemical systems working again, then there's really no need for pharmacotherapy. Wow. So if you're listening and you've taken one of those, um, those medications and it wasn't working, well, maybe this would make it work, which is actually really cool. So I, I, I think this is a, a breakthrough product. I have tried other ones, including um, like well-known ones, and I've never actually recommended one or liked it um, because I, I would get headaches and it didn't seem like it, either it didn't work or, or it didn't make me feel right. Um, I reliably take this up, like especially when I fly, when I travel. Well, you know, this is very important to what I do. I've spent 25 years in academic medicine and really drug discovery and trying to innovate because... Most people, most physicians and scientists agree that nitric oxide is the holy grail. The challenge has been how do we develop safe and effective nitric oxide technologies? So now we've done this in nutrition, we've done it in skincare, we're doing this through FDA drugs now. We've got a number of drugs through uh, going into phase three clinical trials. So nitric oxide is so potent and so important to the management and treatment of chronic disease that I think this is going to be a game changer. It It is, and it's relatively recent. So we're just getting into this, and there's probably another 70 years, although with AI, maybe it's just another five years of, of additional work on this before we figure it all out. But I I really uh, wanted to talk with you on the show because this this stuff is very noticeable um, systemically. So thanks for doing the hard biochemistry work to understand how, it, how this works, and also curating awesome stuff, doing my very best uh, for you guys. So, Nathan, thanks. I appreciate you coming out uh, to my place here in Austin. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying uh, using this stuff. I've used it for about the last six months, and I think it has really sped healing um, on lots of things. So well, thank, thank you. you. Guys, n101.com. It's just four characters. It's easy to do. As you know, Nathan just talked about his product on the show. Use code Dave, they'll give you 10% off. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.